Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. chapter 3. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Please stand for the gospel. according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida, where he dismissed, while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by, but he saw. But that when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed aboard, climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. And when they crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. We continue with our hymn, hymn 765, God Moves in Mysterious Way. Christ. 
The text for the message comes from the Gospel reading. Let's pray. O God, our Redeemer, according to your gracious promises and gift of salvation, help us now in any anxiety or fear to believe in your presence, your love, and your power to deliver us and to restore us, restore to us the gift of life. As we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. No rest for the weary. That's a pretty familiar phrase, isn't it? For the disciples, it had been a long day. Uh, we started with some of that last week. They returned from days of visiting towns and villages, telling people about Jesus. The day began by Jesus, uh, with Jesus, that he had taken them to a place for rest. But we, they didn't rest that much. We, we saw those plans change last week uh, when some of the people followed Jesus and his disciples. And upon the arrival, uh, the large crowd gathered around to hear Jesus teach. And, and toward the end of the day, Jesus told his disciples, give them something to eat. And Jesus, we know, provided this miracle so that five loaves of bread and two fish could feed such a large crowd, over 5,000 people. As uh, our president, President Buss, uh, talked about last weekend, there are those echoes of the 23rd Psalm, the Good Shepherd, as Jesus cared for the people, feeding them, uh, lying out on green pastures and the green grass. It was the disciples, though, that did the work of distributing the food. Uh, they were also responsible for gathering up all the leftovers. Quite a day. But it really wasn't the restful day that they would, were planning, was it? Like so often happens with the followers of Jesus, a lot of times the needs of others come first. And after that long day, Mark tells us, uh, Jesus had his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. Now, after a long day like that, and all the frustration with not knowing about the food, it's going to be a hard work, uh, a hard work rowing back across the Sea of Galilee again, right? Uh, sometime and they went alone without Jesus, and maybe there were those questions running around in their mind. You know, oh God, Jesus angry with us? Did we get something wrong? You know, why couldn't we just stay with him, right? Questions, questions, and more questions. And then after sending the crowd and the disciples away, Jesus goes by himself to pray. We're not told what, but I'm pretty sure he probably prayed for the crowd that had heard that they had heard and believed the good news that he had brought them that day. I'm sure he's praying for his disciples that they might know that he is the promised Messiah, that their faith might be strengthened. And I'm pretty sure he prayed for strength to continue that journey to the cross. While Jesus prayed, the disciples were out on the boat. The sea was rough that night. They were rowing against the wind and making very little headway. Uh, if you've ever done that before, you don't get much anywhere. Uh, if you're rowing, rowing against the wind, it's hard work. Probably more questions were rambling around in their minds, right? Uh, you know, why did he leave us alone to do this? <laughs> uh, and, and struggle in this way. Did he know that there might be some danger here? You know, we saw all these miracles for other people. What about us? <laughs> and the gospel writer Mark tells us that Jesus came toward them walking on the water. And, and Mark tells us that he had planned on passing them by. But then they saw him. 
And as you can imagine, seeing somebody walking on the water during wind and rough seas is not something you see every day. Uh, and, and not only that, the disciples did not recognize Jesus. He tells us, when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they, they all saw him and were terrified. They were afraid of the unknown. Where was Jesus in their time of need? After all, this was a greater need than being hungry. But in the middle of the wind and the waves, they thought Jesus was nowhere to be found. And Jesus walks toward them on the water and says, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbs into the boat with them, and the wind dies down. That account of the disciples is similar to another one. It happened on a Sunday evening. The disciples were scared. They were not in a boat on the sea, but instead they were in a locked room. But they were still afraid. Where was Jesus? So the last time they saw him, he had been, it was when his body was placed in a tomb. And in that locked room, in fear, Jesus appears to them and says, Peace be with you. So it is with us. Because it's been a long week, hasn't it? It's been a long year. <laughs> Christians are not immune from difficult and hard times. Christians are not free from sorrows or heartaches. For some, it's sickness, right? Whether, whether it's COVID or cancer or heart disease. For others, it might be financial burdens of no job or, or no savings or, or high debt. And maybe others, it might be family concerns that there's this conflict or hurt or unforgiveness or anger in the family. And there are a whole host of other kinds of worries. In fact, as Christians, we we're asked not only to take care of our own needs, but also the need to care for the needs of others. Paul, in the Galatians uh, uh, book, wrote, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. But when do we get rest? When do we feel safe and secure? I mean, we have the same feelings and struggles in a church, don't we? I mean, congregations are not immune from difficult times. Uh, the church has battled in response to sickness this past year, hasn't it? Uh, the church has battled over the centuries against false doctrine. I mean, the culture around us questions the word of God on topics like abortion or marriage or so, so many other things. You can list a whole host of things. It'd be so nice if the church could rest. It'd be so nice if the church could be at rest without worrying about attendance numbers or budget or politics or political correctness, right? And after a long, exhausting day, doesn't it seem like Jesus is telling us Christians to get on the boat and go do more stuff? We're in the sea, the wind is blowing against us, and we keep rowing and rowing and getting nowhere. It seems like we're getting nowhere fast. And like the disciples, sometimes we wonder, does he care for me? We row, exerting all of our energy, trying to get out of the situation in which we find ourselves. And at our lowest point, we aren't really sure about what to think about Jesus. Our, our hearts, like the disciples, we, we question why it looks like Jesus seems to be helping other people, but not us. We ask questions. I've heard people ask these questions. Why, Lord? Why have you left me here alone in this situation? Why have you intervened, God? 
God, are, are you even here with me? Are you, are you listening to my cries for mercy? Do you even care about what I'm going through? Because we do not see Jesus fixing everything in our lives, making it all good and perfect, we question, who is this Jesus? I mean, even people of faith, people who have been baptized and taught the good news about Jesus can break that first commandment, that we do not fear love or trust in Jesus and God above all things and in all circumstances, right? We put our trust and faith in other things. But it is into that worry and into that fear, just like he said to the disciples, Jesus says to you and me, he says, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. He does not leave you alone to deal with the storms of life by yourself. He did not want you to live in fear. He wants you to take courage, take heart, don't be afraid. He tells us in, in the Gospel of John, Jesus said, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He wants your heart to be filled with faith in him, regardless of the situation in which you find yourself. He wants his church to know that he is there in the boat with all who, who believe that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church, the body of Christ. The disciples were afraid. A lot of times we share that fear. The disciples, they did not trust the Lord Jesus would see them through that storm. And a lot of times we fail to trust in him who came into the world for us. But as we see, Jesus fed the 5,000. He calmed the storm, healed the sick. He's the creator of all things. And there is nothing that is not subject to his power. He is the redeemer of all things. Coming in this earth to redeem you and me, coming to live for you, coming to die for you, coming to rise from the dead for you. He came with a promise that through the gift of faith in him, there's nothing that can defeat you. He has paid for your sins so that your conscience can be free from the guilt and your body free from everlasting death. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, writes, What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? He says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, and he lists a whole bunch of them, I'm convinced that neither death or life, the angels or demons, the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, none of those things will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. As God's children, your sins are forgiven. You got the promise of eternal life. There's no greater gift that you can receive. Take courage. Take heart. Jesus says that to you right here and right now. It is I. Don't be afraid. In spite of your circumstances, in spite of the stormy sea that's raging all around you, Jesus says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. He comes to you and he comes to me and brings forgiveness and life. He comes for you, not against you. Promises that in your weakness, he's your strength. And how do you know this for sure? Well, we have his word for it. Just as he made a promise to Noah and his family, he's made a promise to you and me. He promises that in the waters of baptism, with his word and water, you are given gifts. 
the gift of faith, forgiveness, and life, eternal life. He promises that in his supper, his word, bread, and wine, you receive the very body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, for the strengthening of your faith. He promises that when you come to him, repenting of your sins and seek his forgiveness, you receive the forgiveness of your sins. They're removed from you as far as the east is from the west. In Philippians, Paul wrote this. He says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the, the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. When, when Paul prayed, he had this thorn in the flesh. We're not really sure what it is, but, but he was asking God to, to take it away from him. Three times he asked for that. And God's answer was, no. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Jesus says to you and me, come to all, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's not a ghost. He's not the figment of our imagination. He has not come to terrify you. He's come to take away your fear. He's come to give you peace. Do not fear. He sees your need. Not only does he see your needs, he knows how to best care for you. He promises that all the wind and the waves of your troubled life, they will cease at some time. And he will end them when the time is right. But until that time, you are not alone. He is with you. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. As we sang, in him is all gladness amidst all sadness because he's your redeemer. May he give us that strength. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.